Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com. Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, well, today it's just me. There's no guest on the show. I just wanted to uh, take an episode, take a moment to talk about some things I've been learning about creativity and productivity and getting things done and all of these different things I've been uh, learning and processing and figuring out and, and relate them to board game design. I think it's something that might be able to help you out a little bit in your game design journey as you quest towards the games that you've got working on. And I also I want to talk to you a little bit about what is coming in the future for the Board Game Design Lab. I am super pumped. I am so excited about the things that are ahead, uh, the things that are, have just now recently been announced, and some I want to talk to you a little bit about that in case you haven't heard about some of those things, and just what's coming down the road, what 2018 looks like for the Board Game Design Lab. I am I'm just ecstatic about what is planned and what is potential, what is possible, and a lot of it's going to depend on you. You, the Board Game Design Lab community, kind of what you want, what you uh, want us to do, kind of what roads you want us to travel down. And so I'm just pumped to talk to you about that on the second half of the show. But right now, let me get into creativity. And so this is one thing I, I, I just I love. I love reading articles. I stay on medium.com. If you haven't checked out Medium, they've got a ton of just blog posts and articles about everything. You name it, they talk about it in, in different ways, different perspectives, different categories. It's a really, really great website. But one of the things I follow pretty closely on there are, are articles about creativity and, and figuring out how to do art and do it well and different ways to manage your time and manage yourself and grow and learn and all that good stuff. And so here's some of the things I've been learning just from Medium and other sources. Actually, this first thing, I've, I've got a whole bunch of quotes that I've written down over the last, I don't know, a couple of months and just different things I want to share with you that might help you along in your journey. The first one that comes from Matt Colville. Matt Colville is actually a guy, he's on YouTube. He's, he's got 150,000 subscribers, I think, and he, he talks about Dungeons and Dragons. It's all about how to be a good dungeon master, and he is one of the most insightful people I have ever listened to, ever just sat down and watched videos from, and if you have a chance to check him out on, on YouTube, I highly recommend it, even if you're not into Dungeons and Dragons. He talks just a lot about really cool life stuff and movies and different things, and so something he talked about on an episode a while back is he says, you develop taste before you develop skill. And that's something that hit me just right between the eyes. I was like, you know, that is that is so right. That is so 100% true. You know what's good long before you're able to make anything that's good. And that's, that goes for any art, whether you're writing a book, you're painting, you're, I don't know, doing sculptures, yeah, anything, game design especially. If you've been designing games for any length of time, you know that the games that you play that you buy off the shelf are probably a lot better than the games that you're designing. And sometimes it can get really just extremely frustrating to look at those games on your table and go, man, why can I not produce anything close to this? Why is it so daggum difficult? Well, the issue is you know what's good before you can make what's good. And there's just this process that we all have to go through as fledgling designers, as, as people figuring this thing out, that, that you just kind of have to take your licks, so to speak, and take your bumps and learn and talk to other people, get mentored as best you can from other people, whether it's online or in person, and just learn everything you possibly can, just absorb as much as you can and figure out your own process, your own way of doing things. That's, that's more than likely what the people 
that have designed those games that we're playing, the people that have the, you know, the top 100 games on Board Game Geek, the Jamie Stegmeyer's, Richard Garfield's, the Richard Launius's, the, the Richard Borg's, all the Richards. <laughs> That's what they figured out. They figured out their own process and ways of doing things. And now we are, as gamers, reaping the benefits of that. But the truth is, you know, they made crappy games for a long time, too. You know, you talk to any of these guys that have been in the industry for a long time, and they say, you know, the first games they made were, were awful. They were garbage. And even if they got published, even looking back, the, their first few published games, they say, gosh, I wish I could change this or that. It wasn't that good here and there, and I would have done things differently now. And it's just part of the process of, of growing in design or growing as any kind of artist, and, and that's what you are. If you're a game designer, you are in uh, a, a form of an artist. And so it's just part of it. And so don't get frustrated. Don't get uh, upset. Don't get too annoyed with yourself. And please don't quit, especially. That's definitely the thing. Just don't, don't walk away because it's hard. Because it's, it's going to be hard for a while. It's going to be difficult to figure out who you are and what your voice is, so to speak. And as you figure out your process, and that's something I really want to talk about uh, more as we go through this episode, is, is process. What does your process look like? Because if you don't have a process, then you're going to spend a lot of time figuring out that you don't like what you're making, <laughs> that, you're, that you're creating these prototypes, creating these ideas, and it's just not up to par with what you want it to be. What's in your head, what's in your heart, it's just not, being, it's just not getting out and onto the table. It's not getting off your idea book and into a prototype. It's just not working out. And so let's, let's talk about process. This is something, uh, another quote that I read from Sean Patrick. He wrote a book called Awakening Your Inner Genius. This is what he says. What is generally recognized as great talent is in almost all cases nothing more than the outward manifestations of an unwavering dedication to a process. If you think about any professional, whether it's a, prof- a doctor, a lawyer, you know, the kind of the, the generic things we talk about with professionals, or if you look at sports, you look at professional athletes, uh, football players, baseball players, basketball, what separates them from the really good amateurs, what separates the professionals from the people that are like on the cusp, is usually the process that they go through, whether it's in preparation for a game, preparation during the off season, preparation during you know whatever is going on. They have a process that they have figured out how to do, and that's another reason why why guys can last so long in certain sports. Why you know guys can play football while they're forty. You know, I think Drew Brees of the New Orleans Saints is thirty nine or forty years old, and the reason he can still do that is because he has figured out the process that he needs to go through to keep his body in the shape it needs to be in to be able to perform at a high level, even when there's 23, 24-year-old guys coming out of college who are much better physically, much better suited for the game of football, but yet Drew Brees continues to just beat them out year after year after year like it's not even difficult because he's figured out a process. You look at a guy that's go to game design. Look at a guy like Richard Launius who just continues to put game after game after game out every year. And the reason he is reason is he has a process. He has figured out what he needs to do as far as playtesting, as far as prototyping, as far as using his time and using it effectively, using it efficiently. He has figured out his process. And so the question is, what is your process? Do you have a process? I feel like that's one of my biggest issues, one of a lot of people's biggest issues, is they, they struggle with creating a process. That's something that's actually really helped me in the last Oh, I don't know, a year, year or so. Uh, actually, yeah, January to right now, it's, it's February. And so pretty much a year 
of figuring out, okay, what is my process? What does it look like? What do I need to do? What does it look like on paper? What does it look like on the table? What does it look like in playtesting? And figuring out how I want to design games. Because I can't design games the way Richard Launius does. I can't design games the way Jamie Stegmaier does. I can't design games the way you do, and vice versa. And so you have to figure out what your process is. Learn from as many sources as you can, right? Keep listening to this podcast, please. I really appreciate you listening. Let me just say you guys are the greatest community in the world, and thank you so much for listening. You know, keep listening to interviews like this. Listen to other podcasts. Go online and read blogs and interviews and articles and all that. Learn as much as you can and take all that data and all that information and then put your twist on it. Take all that stuff and then put your voice on it. And that's, that's going to help you get to who you are as a game designer. Is it, what is your process? Another quote I want to share with you. What the amateur calls genius, the professional calls practice. You know, it's kind of funny. A doctor, he, he practices, right? It's, it's one of those, you know, it's kind of old school joke. But he, he's a pro. He's a professional. He's getting paid to save lives, right? Football players, I mean, I've got, there's some kids here in, in the neighborhood where I live, and they, they play football pretty much every day right now, and there's like 10 of them out there. And they're running around, and they're throwing the ball and catching and scoring touchdowns and celebrating all this stuff. You know, they're playing the game of football. Well, what separates them from the guys that do it on Sunday? Well, obviously – 200 pounds and millions of dollars and all that, but it's, it's the difference in how they approach things. These kids out here, they're just getting out there and having fun. And while the guys on Sunday, they have some fun, it's, it's business. It's profession. It's, it's, they, they bring their lunch, so to speak. They, they know what they're doing. They go through a gigantic, rigorous process to get things done. So what's the difference between an amateur game designer and a pro? It's the process. It's how much you have put in. It's how much you have practiced, how many times you have failed, learned from it, come back stronger, how many times you've made mistakes, tweak things, figured out not to do certain things, and come back. Often the difference between a pro and an amateur is quitting. The amateur quits. The pro keeps going. You know, it's the difference between being interested in something and committed to it. When you're interested, you, you give up when it gets hard. When you're committed to it, you, there is no giving up. It's not even an option, right? It doesn't matter what the weather looks like. It doesn't matter what's going on personally. It doesn't matter anything. You, you don't take no for an answer. You just get up no matter what happens. And you keep going because you have committed to it. And so if this is something that, as game design, if game design is something you have committed to or you really want to commit to, then do that, right? It's, it's one of the best things in the world, in my opinion. It's one of the greatest hobbies, one of the greatest things you can get into for what it does in general with, with relationships and people. I mean, it brings people around a table, which is just, in my opinion, one of the just most amazing things in the world, that we have that privilege, that responsibility, that incredible opportunity to bring people around the table to disconnect from their phones, right? Get off their laptops, get off their computers, get off all the, the things that are constantly stealing our attention these days, and they get to connect with real people, have some laughs, have some drama, have some die rolls, have some stabbing each other in the back and traitor and all that stuff, but they get to have some fun around a table. And so if you're going to do this, I want to encourage you, go all in. Right, commit to it. Don't just you know, don't just dabble here. And that means fine to have a hobby and all that. But if you're listening to the podcast, right, and if you're doing the different things that that so many of you in the community are doing, you, you're kind of like on the verge of being all in. A lot of it, you're like really thinking about. It. Go all in. Just give it a shot, right? And just commit to it. And I promise you, some very interesting things will start happening because you'll start developing a process just like anything else. 
Like if you start a new job, you have to develop the process for getting to work on time, right? Making sure you leave your house early enough and so you don't get caught in the, the wrong traffic at the wrong time and you develop a process for getting there. You develop a process for how you start the day. You develop a process for when you go to the bathroom at work and so you can do it when your boss is not around, whatever it is. But we create processes all day long for the things that we want to do well and the things we want to get paid to do, the things we want to be considered professionals at. We create processes. And so I want to encourage you to create your own process. Now, I'll do an interview actually down the road with, with somebody who knows a lot more than me about it and who has, has kind of gone through the test of time with their process and just kind of get some uh, feedback, get some insight on what they do. And, and again, you can take that data and turn it into something of your own. But I just want to encourage you, go all in, commit to it, uh, figure out that process and, and run 100% towards it. Because if you're like me, and I feel like so many of us, we're very similar. We're in the same boat of just figuring this thing out. We really want to be all in. We want to commit to it, but we're frustrated. We're annoyed. We're looking at our game designs, and we're wondering why we can't get them on the table. We're wondering why we can't you know, get people to play test. We can't get them published. You know, we're, we're so frustrated and annoyed with, with all these different things. I want to encourage you about, with another quote, something I read. This is from Steve Maraboli, Maraboli, not sure, but he wrote something called Unapologetically You, and this is what he said. You're frustrated because you keep waiting for the blooming of flowers of which you have yet to sow the seeds. Wow, you're frustrated because you keep waiting for the blooming of flowers of which you have yet to sow the seeds. So, this is what happens to a lot of people. They, they want that instant success, right? They want that overnight fame. And the funny thing is it, it takes, you know, years to become an overnight success. <laughs> it takes a long time. There is no such thing. It, it just does not happen. You know, all the people that we look at now and go, wow, that person came out of nowhere. Yeah, they were grinding for a long time. They were working and they were figuring things out and they were practicing and they were failing and they were meeting the right people and getting to know the right folks and finding opportunities and missing opportunities. It's a, it's a, again, it goes back to process. It's a long process. And so I want to encourage you through the frustration, right? Frustration is one of those things that if you can channel it right, you can do some really, really cool stuff with it. And that actually leads me into the next quotes comes from Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote something called Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. This is what she has to say. If you want to be an artist of any sort, it seems to me that handling your frustration is a fundamental aspect of the work. Perhaps the single most fundamental aspect of the work. Frustration is not an interruption of your process. Frustration is the process. Just a super interesting perspective, an interesting way to look at it. It's not that frustration should stop you. It's not that frustration should be a wall. It's that frustration should be the road that you travel down on, you know, towards something great. And, and if you think about any kind of art, any kind of thing that, that we step back and look at and go, wow, this is amazing. 99% of the time, maybe 100% of the time, frustration or a frustration-driven uh, process is what got it there. If you look at inventors, right, they try and they fail over and over and over again. Thomas Edison, you know, he found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb, 10,000 ways that failed. I mean, that had to be an incredibly frustrating process. But the frustration fueled him eventually discovering what became the light bulb and eventually discovering all sorts of different things. So can you figure out ways to turn that frustration into something special. Figure out how to turn that frustration into learning, into you know growing stronger, into getting better, into finding who you are, finding your voice as a designer. I think that's what separates the the amateurs and the pros. As the pros have figured out how to not just get 
annoyed and frustrated and walk away and shelf something, right? But to get annoyed and frustrated and figure out how to fix something, right? Not that they don't shelf things. Everybody shelves things. You, know, you get to a point where like, I'm done, I'm going to work on something else. But they figured out how to use that frustration for their benefit as opposed to uh, getting caught up in the frustration and letting, letting it be a detriment to their design process. Again, we're back to process. But if you're like me, you, you might be sitting there and you're listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, I really, I want to commit. I want to go all in. I, I, I want to figure out ways to take my frustration and turn it into something special. I just don't have the time. And that's, that's where I've been. I, you know, I work two jobs. Uh, I got two kids. We're, we're going through an adoption process. Uh, I've, I've got a lot going on. I, I know what it's like to be just absolutely out of time. And so I really started trying to figure out, well, what does it look like to put game design into this busy life? What does it look like to make sure I'm, I'm keeping the, the podcast and the website and the community and all that as a priority of something important to me? I, I say that it's important to me. So how can I make sure my actions prove that out? And I ran into a couple just interesting quotes again, just some things that really uh, helped me along. And I feel like might help you. And the first one, this is something that just kind of it's one of those like kicking the pants kind of things and helped me a lot. It's, it's kind of harsh, but at the same time, it is extremely effective. And maybe it's something that you need. It's coming from a lady named Laura Vanderkam. She said, instead of saying, I don't have time, try saying it's not a priority and see how that feels. And that's something I started doing every time I wanted to say, I just don't have time. I switched that around and said, you know, this is just not a priority. I was like, wow, but it is a priority. This should be a priority. I want it to be a priority. And so I just start figuring out, okay, how am I going to make this a priority? What am I going to cut out of my life so I can put this other thing in that I really want to do? Or at least I say I really want to do it. All right. And that's the difference between, again, amateurs and pros is, is they don't just say, oh, I don't have time. They make time, right? They, they figure out what their priorities are and then they, they go towards those things with everything that they have. So if you're really struggling with, with time and time management, we'll talk about time management a little more in a, in a second, but I want to encourage you just look in the mirror and, and really ask yourself, is this a priority? Because if you really want it to be, if you really want game design and this kind of creative, artistic medium to be something that's important in your life that, that you chase after that, you know, maybe you've got a dream to get a game published or to start your own publishing company, whatever it is. Is it though? Is it really a priority? Because like my mom always said, you know, when I was growing up, she, she had the saying that proved itself out a hundred percent of the time. I have yet to see this, uh, this not be true. And the saying goes, grown folks do what grown folks want to do 100% of the time. And so when someone says they, they want to do something, but they don't do it. Well, the truth is they, they don't want to do it. Right. I've had so many people say, Oh, I really want to move. I mean, I've been in Honduras for a while. I've met a lot of people that come on mission trips and mission teams, different things. And for a long time I was working at an orphanage and I, we'd have so many mission teams come in and people would say, gosh, I really want to move to Honduras. I really would just want to uh, move here and love these kids. I really want to learn to speak Spanish. I want to do this, I want to do that. And I kind of got to the point, I just look at them and go, no, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, that sounds nice. You've got these warm, gooey feelings going on. You know, you got this little, messiah complex thing happening because a kid smiled at you and gave you a hug and but the truth is you don't want to do that because if you wanted to do that you would well but i got bills and i got these things and these responsibilities and these things going on over here and all stuff doesn't matter grown folks do what grown folks deep down want to do and so i want to challenge you to use that in your favor don't let that be a detriment Understand, step back from your life and look at it and go, I am doing exactly what I want to do. So if you come home after a hard day's work and you sit on the couch and watch TV or Netflix or whatever for two hours, 
That's because you wanted to sit down and watch Netflix for two hours. And there's nothing wrong with Netflix for two hours. I love the days when I can come home, hang out with my kids and my wife, whatever, and we can sit down and we can watch Troll Hunters or whatever latest you know, Netflix family show is out. And we can watch that for a couple hours. I love that. That's an awesome time. But at the same time, I, I'm, I want to do that. I am wanting to do that. So that's what I am doing. It is my choice because I am grown. Right. And so I assume you're grown folks listening to this. And so grown folks do what grown folks want to do. Do you really want to be a game designer? Because if you do, you're going to make time for it. You're going to you're going to rearrange some things. You're going to make it a priority. And so maybe some of you just need that kick in the pants like I did. That's what got me off the couch. And and I cut out TV. I don't watch TV anymore. I cut out a lot of social media stuff. I mean, most of the social media stuff I do now is just for, for this, for the BGDL. You know, we got the Facebook going. That's about the only reason I get on Facebook. It's about the only reason I get on Twitter is, is to see what's going on with, with you guys and the community and that stuff over there because I just I don't have time. I'd rather use that time for things that are really a priority, things that I really want to do as opposed to just kind of wasting time scrolling through the news feed or, or whatever it is. You know, something Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh talked about. The, uh, he's the, he was the head coach at the San Francisco 49ers back in the Super Bowl years, and they had Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, when they were winning championships. And he said this, if your why is strong enough, you will figure out how. And I, I love that, right? If, you, if your why is strong enough, you're, whatever it is, right? We're talking about game design. If you really just want to create a game, want to get something published, want to start a company, want to see your game on store shelves, want to see people gathered around the table enjoying your game, if you have a strong enough why, you will figure out how to make that happen. You will figure out how to rearrange some things in your life. You will figure out how to say no to some things that you really don't want to do, but you find yourself just keep keep doing because you said yes a while back and now you feel bad and you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings or let anybody down. You just need, you need to say no. Right? That's one of the biggest things I've had to learn as well. Say no. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're going to frustrate people. And you're going to, you are going to, they are going to feel like they're let down. That's okay. Let them be let down. Let them feel the full weight of who you are and let them deal with it. Right? Don't worry about pleasing everybody. Don't worry about trying to make everybody happy because you're not going to do it. And you're going to waste a whole lot of your own time that you could have been doing something productive, something that you enjoy, something that matters while you were just wasting your time and wasting your life. Right? So start figuring out what your why is. Because if you figure out that why, you will figure out the how. You will figure out whatever it takes to get that thing done. Because the truth is, this whole idea of time management, it's a misnomer. There's, there's no such thing as time management. You cannot manage time. You do not manage time. No one in the history of the world, other than Jesus himself, has the ability to manage time. Time is going to pass at 60 seconds a minute. 60 minutes an hour, 24 hours a day, 365.4, whatever to 25 daisy. It's going to, it's going to pass for every single person the exact same way, right? I'm going to go through this next minute in 60 seconds. And so are you, right? You can't manage that. You can't move around time. You can't manipulate time. You have to manage yourself. You can't manage time. You have to manage yourself. Time management is really self-management. It's actually self-management. You decide where the time goes. You determine how you spend your time, right? It's not about managing the time. It's managing yourself. And that's something that I had to realize. I hope that that you realize is that once you start managing yourself, it's amazing what happens with your time. And so right now, if you're thinking, gosh, I just don't have time to do this. Well, that's, that's you. That's on you. It's not about managing the time. You have to manage yourself and manage your responsibilities and manage the things you've said yes to, manage the things that you're wasting time on, and rearrange some things. 
put some things in order. Again, it goes back to, is this a priority? Because if you're saying I don't have time, you're, what you're really saying is this is not a priority. And so I just want to, and again, I know that sounds kind of <laughs> almost a little bit discouraging, but I feel like it's one of those kick in the pants that may, maybe you need. Maybe you just need to hear somebody say, this is on you. This is not the universe working against you. They're, I mean, the universe works against us in many ways, but when it comes to time, a lot of times it's on us. A lot of times it's because we're not managing ourselves. It's not about the time. You can't blame time. Right? It's, a, it's a concept. You can't blame a concept. You got to look in the mirror and realize it's on you. And so I hope you're not discouraged. I hope you're, I hope you're encouraged by this. I hope you're, you're, you're seeing that you can take hold of your life. You can take hold of what you do, who you are, what your voice is, what your process is. You can take hold of those things. And you can use them to become exactly who you want to be. Now, if it's, it's a great game designer, board game designer, that's awesome. I'm so glad to have you on this, this journey, on this path. There's a lot of incredible people on that path that are, that are excited about you being there. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe it's something else, right? Maybe uh, it's, it's some other kind of creative thing. Maybe it's just being a good dad, being a good mom, being a good husband, a good wife, a good friend, whatever it is. But realize it's all about managing yourself and not, not about managing the time. And then the final thing, as far as creativity and self-management and being productive and all that stuff, let's talk about happiness. Because I feel like a lot of folks get so wrapped up in what they're doing creatively, and they wrap their happiness around it. And I've, I've, you know, being an author, I've written a few books here and there, and I meet so many authors, and they think, gosh, if, if I could just get my book published, then I'd be happy. Gosh, if I could just get my book on a bestseller list, then I'd be happy. If I could just make X amount of dollars from my creative ventures, then I'd be happy. And it, 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 it transfers over into game design, right? If I can just get this game published, then I'll be happy. If I can just get this Kickstarter going, then, then I'll be you know, satisfied. I'll be happy. Here's, here's the deal, right? I, I've met a lot of people. I meet thousands and thousands of people a year just because of my job and the nature of what I do. I meet a lot of people. I get to know a lot of people. I build a lot of relationships with people. And I've met so many folks that just think that happiness is on the other side of that hill. And if they can just get over that hill, then then they'll be happy. Happiness is not a destination. It is a compass. Happiness is not a destination. It is not where you arrive. It is not the place that you are going it is simply a compass to help you understand which direction you need to go in, right? You, you will never get to the top of a mountain and plant your flag and feel happy, feel satisfied. It's not going to happen. Never has happened in the history of the world. The, the history books are filled with, with people, great people, amazing leaders, wonderful, incredible, awesome people who got to the top of mountains and thought it was going to be the end of it, thought they were going to be happy and satisfied, and it was nothing but empty. Either you're happy with who you are or you're not. Either you're happy with who you're becoming or you're not. That, that's it. There is no destination that's going to make you joyful, happy, satisfied. It's, it's not going to happen. And it's, it's, unfortunately, our culture, especially in the United States, it says just climb that ladder. When you get to the top of the ladder, then you'll be good. Then you'll be satisfied. Well, the problem is a lot of people, they climb and climb and climb that ladder only to realize that their ladder was up against the wrong wall. <laughs> and so they get to the end of their life and they look back and they go, wow, what have I done? It's just kind of empty. All right, especially creative people, right? It's folks like us who create and love to, to make new things, to take something that was nothing and create a new thing out of it, right? 
if we're not careful, we can wrap our happiness up in that creative venture, in that creativity. And we can find ourselves in a very, very dark place, very depressing place, very frustrating place. I, I was going through this a few days ago. I was talking to a friend who's in the, the industry, in the gaming industry. Uh, I was talking to him about a couple of game designs that I've been working on for a while. And I said, hey, man, I'm looking for a publisher for these couple of games. You know, what do you think? And he, he told me just flat out, he's one of those guys you can always trust, to be honest with you. He said, these games aren't going to get published. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Like, nobody's looking for games like this. He works, I mean, he works for a publisher. He knows, he knows all the people in the industry, so to speak. And he's like, yeah, I, I see games like this all the time. Nobody's signing them right now. This, these are a dime a dozen kind of thing. And I was like, dang, God. And I got, I got a little annoyed, a little frustrated, a little, a little down. I was like, man, I put all this time and effort and energy, work, some money into these things. And, and to find out that nobody wants it, to, to find out that no, nobody would be in, uh, would be interested in signing it, that, that, it hurt my, not hurt my feelings, but hurt my mood, you know? And I had to realize, I had to take a step back and go, yeah, but I really enjoyed this process of making this stuff. I really enjoyed the, the time I've had with, with my wife, or with my kids, with my friends, and playtesting and making the game better and, and going through the process of design. That's what makes me happy, is the process. And whether it gets signed to a publisher or not, that's not going to affect my mood. That's not going to affect my happiness. Not really. I, either I'm going to be happy regardless, or I'm not going to be happy at all. Is that, that's the thing. It's, it's not like getting your game on a store shelf is going to mean that you've arrived, that you've become somebody. Uh, that's just not how it works. That's not how it works. And I think deep down we all know that. It's, it's happiness. It's not a destination. Finishing that game is not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you satisfied. Right? You've got to enjoy the process. The process is the destination. The journey is the destination. We've probably heard all, all heard that before. But I just want to encourage you to just take a step back from whatever you're doing creative-wise and realize your identity is not in that creativity. Your identity is not in what you do. Your identity is in who you are. Who are you? What kind of person are you? What kind of person are you becoming? Right? That's where happiness comes from. It's not something that you just magically find one day. It's not on the other side of the rainbow. <laughs> There's no lucky charms or anything like that. It's about deciding in yourself that you are happy with who you are and who you're becoming. That's where satisfaction comes from. There is no creative venture in the world that's going to take the place of you looking in the mirror and being happy about who you're becoming, where you're going as a person, where you're going as a spouse or, you know, a father, a mother, a friend, a human being, a citizen, whatever, you know, word you want to put in there. Are you happy with who you're becoming? And I think board games are just a great little microcosm for these kinds of things. Are you happy in the process of game design? Are you happy in the playtesting? Are you happy in the prototyping? Are you happy in the design of the thing? Because if you're not, I promise you that getting a game on a shelf, getting a game signed, getting a company started, whatever it is, is not going to be a magic bullet. It's not going to be what changes things. It's just not. There's so many people who tried and failed. And so right now, if, if you're kind of leaning in that direction, I just want to encourage you to take a step back. Right, realize that this is not who you are. Right, this is this is a hobby for some people. It's a profession, but at the end of the day, it's just an opportunity to help other people and and to bring people around the table and all that. And I hope that's what gets you going. But this isn't who you are. So don't let don't let yourself get frustrated. Don't let yourself get like I was a few days ago, and just realize that your creative outlet is not your identity. Right, it's just something totally different. So anyway, I just want to share those few things with you, some things I've had in my heart, had in my mind for a while that I feel like I needed to hear. And I, and I feel like some other people probably 
uh, needed to hear. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that you, you listened. And I just want to talk a little bit about the, uh, the fun stuff coming up, the, the, the exciting news that the Board Game Design Lab is experiencing right now and some cool stuff coming down the road I just want to tell you about. And again, first of all, just thank you so much for, for listening, for subscribing, for being part of this community. And so many people have joined the Facebook group. We launched, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. I mean, almost 400 people at this point. It's amazing. And the conversation over there has just been incredible. So if you're into Facebook, if that's something you do, then please join us on the Facebook group. The, just go to board, board Game Design Lab. Just search Board Game Design Lab on Facebook. It'll show up. It's, it should be the only one with that name. And But, you know, if Facebook's not your thing, don't worry. We're, we're still going, or I'm still going to keep using email and, and putting the word out about different things and, and different opportunities. I'm not going to leave you out in the cold or anything like that. You know, email's where we started and email's where we're going to stay, and that's for sure. But I just want to share a few things that, that I'm pumped about. First thing is, is this week, uh, I guess on Monday of this week, Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower made the announcement that the Board Game Design Lab is going to be part of the Dice Tower Network. You know, they, they've got a network of shows, of different podcasts and reviewers and video shows and all these different things. And Board Game Design Lab is going to be part of what they do. And that's, that's a big goal that I've been able to check off the list. I remember when I started this this thing a little over a year ago, that was one of the goals that I wrote down, to be part of the Dice Tower Network, to, to create a, a podcast of high enough quality that Tom Vassell and, and the folks over there at the Dice Tower would, would see that this would be something value, valuable to have as part of their network. Uh, they used to have a show called Board Game University that talked to game designers and publishers about game design topics and like that, and it, it kind of uh, faded out, and the people they had running that, just it, it fell off, and they, they stopped doing it at all. For a while. They stopped doing it for a while, and then it just kind of went away entirely. And I thought, you know, if I could do a podcast that would fit right into that niche, that, that might be something that I could, I could be a part of their network and, and provide the, you know, fill that gap, so to speak. And, and it worked out. And so I talked to Tom, I guess it was back in December about it, about the opportunity. And he told me what I had to uh, do as far as an application process and what it looked like and all that. And so we went through that and it worked out. And so now BGDL is, is part of the Dice Hour, which is really cool. And I, again, I thank you guys that couldn't, couldn't have done it, any of this stuff without you. And so thank you for being an awesome community. And the next thing I want to talk about is the, the book I've got coming out. Uh, I sent out an email, I guess back in November, of the cover, what the book you know cover was going to look like. And it had some really great feedback and some great response about the book uh, back in November. And now it's getting ready to launch. Uh, we're going to start pre-orders here this week. This week? No, next week. <laughs> next week. Next Tuesday. Next, on February 6th, uh, pre-orders for the book will open up and the book's about game design. I have uh, been over the course of the last few months, I've been interviewing on paper, not just interviewing on podcast, but interviewing on paper as many game designers as I could find. I went through the top 100 uh, board games of all time over on board game geek and just started reaching out to their designers and, and finding just the best of the best of the best designers on the planet and, and talking to them and interviewing and asking them a very specific set of questions. And I'll tell you more about those questions later on through the Facebook groups, through the email, just kind of give you an idea of what to expect from the book. But uh, just asking them these game design related questions and getting some incredible advice, incredible insight from the best in the world. Uh, so far, 61 people uh, have responded to the questions. So 61 of the best designers on the planet. And it's, it's your Matt Leacox, Jamie Stegmeyer, uh, Rob Davio, Bruno Faduti, uh, Gil Hova, Jeff Engelstein, whom I'm leaving out, you know, 50-some people. Isaac Childers, who does number one game on, on BGG right now. I mean, just tons and tons and tons of designers who offered up incredible 
wisdom and insight about numerous different topics in game design. I think it's going to be a really cool resource uh, for me <laughs> to use, to read. I mean, it's, it's, you know, again, I, I, my name's on the cover of the book, but uh, I, I've written very little. Most of this is from the designers. It's, it's their responses to these interviews and these interview questions. And so it's something that I know I'm going to uh, get a lot from, and I think a lot of other people are going to get a lot of value from as well. And and so if that sounds like something you're interested in, if you want to support the Board Game Design Lab, we're going to be running an Indiegogo campaign starting on February 6th, and I'll tell you more about why Indiegogo in a second. But this is uh, it's a couple of things. One, I want to give people the opportunity to get the book. Uh, but more than that, I want to... I want to take Board Game Design Lab further. I want to take it to the next level. I've got some ideas about uh, ways to do that, some ways to improve the show, improve the sound, improve different elements of it. Uh, so we're going to do an Indiegogo campaign, a little crowdfunding campaign. And honestly, the campaign is, is you get the book as a reward, but it's really, supporting, it's really about supporting the Board Game Design Lab. If you've gotten value out of this show, out of the website, out of the different things that, that we've been doing, you know, and, and you want to support the, the show, you want to make things better, then this is an opportunity for you to do that and get a really great book in the process. Also, another uh, reward that's going to be part of the campaign is a coupon book. It's the 2018 board game coupon book. So I've been talking to a lot of different freelancers and companies and different services that do things that are board game design related and uh, getting them to get on board with this coupon book. And so basically, I think I've got 16 so far, companies and freelancers, different people that offer game design related things like uh, Kickstarter preview videos, rules editing, uh, some companies that sell board games. You can get uh, games through their company, whatever. And they're offering discounts or offering coupons for different things that they do, right? Uh, some are for consulting, uh, game development work, uh, help you out with your Kickstarter page, different things like that, or different services that can help you sometime in 2018. And so that's another thing that's going to be a reward for the uh, in the campaign. So you can get a book, you can get a coupon book in addition to it, and there's some other uh, interesting rewards as well, and it kinda, uh, you'll see those when the, when the campaign launches. But if you're wondering why Indiegogo instead of Kickstarter, and, and let's be honest, Kickstarter is a big dog, right? It's the biggest dog in the yard, and it's, it's synonymous with crowdfunding. It's one of those interesting brand kind of things. It's almost like, you know, you don't, you don't get a tissue, you get a Kleenex. You know, you don't get a bandage, you get a Band-Aid. You, you don't crowdfund a game, you kickstart a game. I mean, it's become, the brand has become the word we use, which is just incredible uh, for them as a company. But there's a few drawbacks to Kickstarter, and that's some things I ran into. Originally, this is going to be a Kickstarter, but they would not allow me to do the things that I want to do with this campaign. You see, I want this campaign to be community-driven, community-centric, community-focused. I want it to be about the BGDL, not about me crowdfunding a game or, or a book. I want it to be about you guys, about us, figuring out what we want to do in 2018, coming together and, and making some really cool things happen. And one thing you can't do with Kickstarter that you can do with Indiegogo is do giveaways. And I want to give some games away. I want, I want the community to feel some love. I want you guys to have opportunities to win some free games. And so one thing we're going to do is everyone who backs the, uh, the campaign in the first 72 hours is going to go into a drawing, and you're going to uh, potentially win some games from uh, Cool Stuff, Inc. Uh, cool Stuff is another uh, one of the companies in the coupon book. And so... Uh, we want to uh, support them as well. I've got and Quartermaster Logistics are, are sponsoring the, the game giveaways for 2018 uh, through the Board Game Design Lab. And so 
everybody who backs the project first three days for 72 hours get an opportunity to win a game. And, uh, you might win a $50 game after you pledge 20 bucks. So that's a $30 gain for you, right? So you might end up coming out ahead on this project if it works out. And then I want to do some more giveaways throughout the life of the campaign. Every time we hit a stretch goal, I want to do a giveaway. I want to give you guys opportunities to, to get some free games, get some really cool stuff, and get a lot of value. I want to offer as much value as I possibly can to you, board game design community, board game design listeners. Uh, and that's what the coupon book's all about, it's offering you guys value and also connecting you with some really great companies and services and, and people that do amazing jobs that can help you that maybe you weren't aware of, that maybe you just didn't know about. And so giving them the opportunity to kind of advertise and offer a discount for what they do, you get value out of it. Board Game Design Lab gets support. Everybody wins, as far as I can tell. And then there's a bunch of other stuff I want to want to tell you about more later. I'll, I'll tell you about it when the, when the campaign launches. It'll make a lot more sense when, when the campaign is in front of you and you kind of see uh, different things, different ideas for things that we want to do, that I want to do in 2018, that I've, I've been talking to some other uh, community members. They, they've got some really cool ideas. We've been bouncing some things around with what we could do in, in 2018 for, for the community as far as game design contests. And one thing I want to do is a, a game design online retreat where we take a day, a Saturday, a Sunday, maybe the whole weekend, bring in some really great game designers and do an online like Facebook Live kind of thing retreat. Right, and just bring in uh, people much smarter than me. People have designed amazing games, and get them to talk about different topics, and get them to teach on different topics. Thirty minutes, hour long sessions, and have an online retreat. You know, uh, it's difficult for me to go to retreats because I live in Honduras, and that's an expensive plane ticket, <laughs> and then the uh, travel. You know, then travel when I'm in the states and staying somewhere, and it gets expensive, and you got to pay for the convention, all that. But if we could do an online thing. I think that could be a really cool way to uh, offer value to people who live all over the world, who live in places that maybe they can't uh, get away, can't take off from work, can't take off from family, whatever, and just do some online stuff and, and bring value that way. So anyway, that's one thing. There's, there's a whole bunch more. I'm super excited to share the campaign with you. Again, that's on February 6th. That that'll be launching. You can get the book. You can get a coupon book. You can get some other cool stuff. And you can support the Board Game Design Lab. You can help, help the BGDL go into 2018 and do some really cool and fun stuff. You know, and it's it's not about the money. It's not about how much money comes out of the campaign. I mean, it's, it's a relatively low funding goal on the whole thing. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we live in a real world, and the real world you need money to do things. One thing I want you to realize, though, is, is I don't do this to make money. I make money to be able to do this. You know, I'm not out to just get rich off this stuff. I, I'm out to, to do as much as I can to, to help folks like you design great games. That, that's really the heart of it. That's the goal is to make the money to be able to do this, to be able to continue doing this and do this on a high level and do it on a higher level than we've been doing and just kind of keep uh, moving up the ladder, so to speak, you know, better quality, better stuff, more stuff going on. And I think this Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign is going to help me do that. And so if that's something that you're interested in, February 6th, check that out. I'll keep putting links out on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll, I'll kind of release some more things as uh, we get closer to time and, and through email as well, obviously. But I would love to have you be a part of it because, again, it's not just about, uh, you know, funding a book, funding this. It's about community. It's about building, building this community even more than it already has been. And as we kind of close this thing out, I just want to thank you again. Thank you so much for being part of the BGDL community, being part of what we're doing. I'm so excited about 2018. I think I've mentioned that about 11 times. But, you know, I, I'm excited how many of you guys have come along for the ride. I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that this many people would download episodes every week, this many people would interact on Facebook and through email and all these different things, Twitter. It's just been mind-blowing, and I'm just so honored. I'm so thankful 
to have you uh, part of this, to be part of your journey, for you to be part of mine. And uh, I'm just pumped about where this whole thing is going. So this week, a little bit different. The bonus round is going to be actually an interview that I did a couple weeks ago with the Cardboard Herald, another really great game podcast. And they, they uh, Jackie asked me to come on his show, and he interviewed me, and we went to, into a lot of deep kind of personal stuff. We went into kind of my background and how I got here and what I do and all these different things. I know a lot of you have asked that question of kind of who I am and, and why, how did you get in Honduras, all these different things. And so Jack and I on his show go into those things. So if that's something that interests you, if you want, want to hear kind of more about me, my backstory, some different things that I'm working on, uh, that's going to be the bonus round coming out on Friday. But anyway, again, February 6th, Indiegogo coming. If you're creative, keep creating keep figuring out how to manage yourself, not about managing your time, all that good stuff we talked about at the beginning. I hope you're encouraged. I hope I didn't discourage you this episode. It really wasn't the intent. I know it got kind of coarse there at the beginning, but I really hope that you found some things that you can take away value and and take into your life and into your game designs, into your creativity, into who you are as a person and, and just Make great games. Do some really cool stuff. Have a, a great life. Realizing that happiness comes from the inside doesn't come from anything that's going to end up on a table or out, outside anywhere else. And uh, I just hope you, you realize those things because you're awesome. I know you're awesome. I hope you realize that you're awesome. But anyway, I really appreciate you listening and uh, good luck with everything you got going on right now. Thanks for listening. Hosting for the Board Game Design Lab podcast is sponsored by Quartermaster Logistics, the leader in crowdfunding fulfillment and warehousing. Check them out at qmlogistics.com and find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at boardgamedesignlab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?